Det här är ett poddradioprogram från Radio AF. Someone will remember us, I say, even in another time. Hi and welcome to Someone Will Remember Us I Say Even in Another Time, a podcast about LGBTQ history. Today we are talking about Ethel Smythe, one of the first big British female composers and a part of the suffrage movement. She's also the uh, writer of the intro music uh, in this podcast. My name is Edmund Falby and today we are joined by Ansem Alström, Hello. who will do the quotes for us so that it's less confusing. I've had a little bit too much on my plate the last few weeks, so this episode is coming out late. I'm sorry about that. But on the other hand, that means I've really had a chance to get to know Ethel Smythe better. I want to say straight away that I'm basing this off of Christopher St. John's biography of Ethel Smythe from 1959, mainly because this was the only book I could get my hands on with a month's notice. Ethel Smythe has written a quite thorough autobiography and I ordered it, but it hasn't arrived yet. I do deem St. John's biography to be rather good. He was uh, Smythe's literary executor and has put together the biography from Ethel Smythe's own, own account in her autobiography, from his own interactions with her, letters she wrote and received, and from contributions from people who knew Ethel Smythe during her lifetime. However, if I learn something new about Ethel Smythe during my reading of her autobiography, I will of course give you an update. One issue with St. John is that he partly dodges the question about Ethel Smythe's sexuality and prefer to call her relationships with women passionate friendships. But I mean, that was a fairly well-known code word for same-sex relationships back in the days. So it's still legible as an account of a woman who were in love with other women. Ethel Smythe was born in 1858 in a middle-class family in England as the fourth child of eight. Her father was Major General John Hall Smythe and her mother Nina Smythe. She was born um, on the 22nd of April, but you will often see sources claiming that her birthday was in fact on the 23rd and that is what St. John says as well. This is because that was the day her family celebrated her birthday, possibly because it was also the birthday of Shakespeare. And growing up, she was not initially that interested in music, but she was very interested in girls. And she kept a list of her crushes uh, growing up uh, called The Book of Passions. Edel Smythe uh, got interested in music later on, and she then desperately wanted to go to Germany to study at the conservatory in Leipzig. Her father was completely against this idea though, so for two years, Ethel Smythe mainly sulked and parted. She was engaged for a, a short period of time with William Wilde, the brother of previous podcast topic Oscar Wilde, and possibly to a few other men. About William Wilde, she said that she accepted his proposal. From flattered vanity, light-heartedness, adventurousness, anything you please except love. 
and she broke off the engagement when William Wilde wanted to keep the engagement a secret because... Where was the fun in being engaged if no one was to know anything about it? Finally, after hunger striking and locking herself into her room and refusing to partake in any more social activities, Ethel Smythe was allowed to go to Leipzig in 1877 when she was 19 years old. She was already very talented, though almost completely untrained. She was apparently a marvellous singer, and according to those who got a chance to see her perform, she was particularly beautiful when singing, matching her facial expressions to her voice in a superb manner. She seems to have been quite unimpressed by the conservatory in Leipzig and all her professors, but found the general climate in Leipzig inspiring. She was taught privately by Freiherr von Herzogenberg. She was a highly social creature and became friends with a bunch of key figures within the German musical crowd. She got to know famous composers of the day like Brahms, Tchaikovsky, Grieg and Schumann. That is uh, Clara Schumann and not her husband Robert. In fact, trying to list all of the people Edel Smythe came into contact with during her life would make this podcast about four days long. So if you're a great Smythe fan, you will probably be disappointed with me because I will skip past most of her friendships and romantic relationships. However, it is probably enough to note that she was absolutely unable to not make friends wherever she went. And she seems to have been quite the character already at this point in her life. I found this quote by Frau Hengel, who, along with her husband, provided Edel Smythe with some musical training outside of the conservatory, which recounts the first time she met Edel Smythe in 1877. Shall I ever forget that fine August day in 1877, when our little circle was suddenly brightened by the meteor-like appearance among us of a young and most attractive girl who was staying in the neighbourhood, the daughter, we understood, of a British general. None of us knew what in her to admire the most, her wonderful musical talent, which she displayed to equal advantage at the piano as well as by singing, with a peculiarly sympathetic voice and in compositions of her own, or her astonishing prowess in athletic feats of agility and strength, showing us how to play lawn tennis, then only just introduced to Germany, or to the utter bewilderment of the German young ladies, and young men too for that matter, how to jump over fences chairs and even tables, thus altogether electrifying our pleasant but everyday sort of life. We were all agreed that we had among us an extraordinarily commanding personality, a woman that was sure to be famous some day. Um, I just love this quote uh, and I love the idea of Edel Smythe just sweeping into a room and being like, hey, watch me jump over this table and all the young women in the company just swooning. Like, is that how people flirted in the 1870s? Um, and the fact that Hensel isn't sure what she should admire the most, Evel Smythe's amazing musical talent or her ability to jump over tables. Like, imagine how good Smythe would have to be at jumping over tables for that to be somewhat comparable to her music skills. But yeah, she did have a lot of interests outside of her musical career. She was very sporty and loved tennis, hunting and golf. She was, as previously noted, very social and outgoing. She loved dogs. She got her first dog during her time in Leipzig called Marco. He was constantly by Ethel Smythe's side, even though she led a very busy life. Tchaikovsky was apparently terrified of Marco, which is a, a charming detail. After Marco's death, Ethel Smythe had several other dogs and actually wrote a book about them. The wife of Herzogenberg, the man who taught Ethel Smythe privately, 
quickly became one of the many women Edel Smile fell in love with. She, in turn, introduced Edel Smile to what was to become what was probably her only romantic relationships with a man, Henry Brewster. Uh, Henry Brewster was Frau Herzogenberg's brother-in-law and already married, and the relationship between him and Edel Smythe became rather tumultuous and scandalous, even though they mostly corresponded through letters until the death of Henry Brewster's wife. They collaborated on the opera The Prison, Brewster writing the libretto and Smythe the music, and Edel Smythe once said to him, I wonder why it is so much easier for me to love my own sex passionately than yours. I can't make it out, for I am a very healthy-minded person. Which is, I mean, that, that's just sad. Um, and she did carry on several relationships with women at the same time as she was involved with Henry Brewster and had a thousand more crushes which evolved into beautiful platonic relationships. Brewster was completely fun with this. In fact, he encouraged Smythe because he felt that those relationships would enrich in his own relationship to Smythe. One of the most more prominent women Edel Smythe fell in love with was Empress Fugine, the last empress of France. Uh, she had to flee France and settle in England. Um, and she got into a relationship with Edel Smythe and she introduced her to Queen Victoria even. Another woman who caught Edel Smythe's interest was Pauline Trevelyan, uh, a Catholic and a quite otherworldly girl by Edel Smythe's description. Edel Smythe was not herself Catholic or even that interested in religion, but she wrote Mass in D and dedicated it to Pauline Trevelyan, and it is considered one of her best works. It was played for the first time in Albert Hall in England in 1893, partly through some uh, string pulling by Empress Eugene. Other works by Edel Smythe include The Boatswain's Mage, a comic opera that was among her most popular works during her lifetime. In 1910, Edel Smythe decided to take two years off from music uh, to focus on the suffrage movement. She had fallen in love with Emmeline Pankhurst, one of the three Pankhurst sisters, who were highly influential in the Women's Social and Political Union, uh, a suffrage organisation. As a part of her engagement, she wrote Lager Dawn and The March of Women in 1911. The latter became somewhat of a battle song among suffragists. Evel Smythe also participated in acts of civil disobedience. She was, together with Pankhurst and about a hundred others, arrested for a demonstration where they smashed the windows of opponents to the Women's Social and Political Union. They were sentenced to two months um, and sent to Holloway Prison in London. At one point during the time in prison, all the imprisoned women started singing the March of Women in the courtyard, while Edel Smile was standing in a window conducting the singing with her toothbrush, which is honestly the most charming act of disobedience I have heard about in a while. The March of Women was later conducted by Edel Smythe in 1930, when a statue of Emmeline Pankhurst was unveiled. In instead of a prison inmates, the orchestra was now made up by the police band. She uh, was also a writer. She wrote ten books um, of recollections from her life, uh, one of them being a book about her dogs. In 1912, at the age of 54, Evel Smythe's hearing started to decline, and after losing her hearing, she focused even more on her writing. 
and she got to know Virginia Woolf in 1929. Edel Smythe was 71, and she fell in love with Virginia Woolf, much to Virginia Woolf's confusion and uh, you know fright, to be honest. Uh, but they became friends, and about Edel Smythe's writing, Virginia Woolf said, How you do it, God knows. I mean, I can't see how it's done. How face after face emerges when there is apparently so little preparation, no humming and hawing, all so inconsecutive and unpremeditated. All the roads winding this way and that, streams running, winds intersecting. What you must do is to continue. You can't injustice to posterity and the present let your great fountain bottle itself up. To tell you the truth, I'm obsessed with the desire that you should paint me, not a thing I often feel. In 1922, Ethel Smythe was made a Dane Commander of the Order of the British Empire for her service as a composer. Um, Edel Smythe was still very active well into her last years of life um, and she died in 1944 after two years of illness and um, after her death Vita Sackwell West, Virginia Woolf's long-term partner, wrote this about her. You lived, you fully lived in this weak age. Perplexed and wavering, you charged your glass. With wine, not water, faith, not doubt. Faith, where you chose to fix your blinkered eyes. What you believed, you would believe, perverse. Nine times in ten, but never shilly-shally. Wild welcomer of life, of love, of art. Your hat askew, your soul on a dead level. Rough, tough, uncomfortable, true. Chained to the iron railings of your creed. Strange that you should be dead. You were marked out to meet a violent end. You should have matched the violent young men. Stormers of evil in all elements, earth, water, air, and in the daring mind. They were your peers, the life, the death were yours. Not in a Surrey villa of old age, where you who greatly lived have gently died. If you'd like to know more about Ethel Smythe, I can highly recommend Ethel Smythe, a biography by Christopher St. John, um, with contributions from Vita Sackwell West from 1959. It is uh, fairly reliable, it's very personal. Um, Vita Sackwell West was a close friend and Christopher St. John was Ethel Smythe's literary executor, so they both knew her quite intimately, except giving a comprehensible recollection of Smythe's life. It also contains some absolutely beautiful personal stories and reflections about her um, and the poem that we just read. Ethel Smythe has also written several memoirs about herself, but uh, as I said, I haven't been able to get my hands on any of them. If you have any corrections or further knowledge about some aspect of Edel Smythe's life you wish I had talked more about, then please tell me on Facebook at Someone Will Remember Us, on Instagram at Someone Will Remember Us, or email me at someone.will.remember.us at gmail.com. I've also started a Snapchat account because I've heard that Snapchat is where young people hang out these days. So search for Will Remember Us. That is, Will Remember Us is one word and not someone will remember us because that was too long, apparently. Send me pictures of anything related to LGBTQ history, questions about the podcast, or just photos of your animals. And remember, someone will remember us, I say, even another time. We're sorry this episode was so short, but here are some bloopers. She was taught privately by Freiherr von Herson... Herson... 
Freiherr von Herzogenberg. <lacht> in 1922 was made a Dane commander of the British in 1922, Edel Smythe was made a Dane commander of the Ordish of the... Ordish. Ordish. Ordish of the British. <laughs> I can't speak Dane. In 1922, Edel Smythe was made a Dane commander of the British... Order. Order of the British Empire of the Sosa Tsa. That can be blue on the Ordish. Thus, altogether electrifying. Electrifying. Opposite. You better shape up. Do, 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 do. Cause I need a man. Need a man. Uh, when I do. If you have any corrections or further knowledge about some aspect of Edel Smythe's life you wish I had talked more about, uh, then please tell me on Facebook or at. Boop. Boop. Du har lyssnat på ett poddradioprogram från Radio AF. Hitta alla våra program på radioaf.se.